Hi everybody, it's Candace. I am back after some time away and welcome to our first podcast for the fall of 2019. Um, I haven't done a podcast, I think since May or so, um, sometime in May, mid-May, end of May, but I am back and I can't wait to share something new with you all. So let's get started. So um, my oldest son, graduated from high school and started college this summer. So I've had a busy 2018, 2019 school year. Um, My oldest son was a senior. I had a son in the seventh grade in middle school and also a daughter in the first grade. Um, They are all very um, intelligent. They are all on honor roll. Um, They do very well in school and they're also very active. My son ran track. indoor track, winter track, (laughs) cross country. Um, My middle son is a a soccer star and my daughter swims. So we have a very um, full and busy schedule kind of all year round and it, it can be a lot. So what I did was I did take the time to focus once after I hit May, his senior year, um, the end of his senior year, went into, you know, kind of kicked up. It was already busy, but I took the time to focus on graduation. A lot of uh, things happening over the summer, his transition into college orientation, graduation parties, um, family, you know, coming to stay. We just had a lot going on. So I took the time to um, be fully present for my family and also be fully present for the process, knowing that it would require a lot of me. And also, you know, once it was done, taking a little bit of time for myself because you have to um, enough time to where I know when God is nudging me and he's downloading stuff into me. So because when you rest, rest is a powerful, powerful weapon. It is very powerful because when you rest um, and you take that time to replenish and 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 re-energize God is able you're able to hear God clearer um if you're a believer in Jesus Christ which I am um so I also take a lot of time in my rest the way I rest is I say no to people and things so that you you can't get my time right now my time is for me and then I begin to do a lot of prayer and I also fast because fasting um disciplines your soul it disciplines your flesh it cleanses your soul it disciplines your flesh and you're able to hear holy spirit you're able to hear god clear because um you are now sacrificing a part of you i'm not going to eat this food but i'm going to feast on the word of god so i took that time some time to fast and to pray and to really um prepare myself for what God was downloading into me that he just started giving me a lot and a lot of people started reaching out for me for things that um for some work that I do so some of you who who know me personally know that my vocation like what I do for a job is I'm an accountant right you know when people say what do you do for a living I'm like I'm not an accountant for a living I don't live to be an accountant it's a vocation it's a skill it's, it's something that I can do and I make money um but what I do for a living I live I'm a daughter of God, you know, I'm a mother, I, I live. Um, but one of the things I've been, I've done for many, many years, I mean, 15 plus years, um, is I am an academic coach and I actually did not put a title to what I was doing to 2014 when I found someone who was doing what I was doing, but they had a label to it. They had a title to it. They gave, um, 
they gave a face to something I had been doing for a while. And, and also maybe I could say not doing it profit with a, for a profit. Um, sometimes I did. I didn't really know how I was doing it. A lot of things like that. So as an academic coach, what I do is I work with um, students to help them become more successful students. And, that, and I do that through creating um, better study habits with them, um, learning how learning how they learn because understand when you're in a classroom and you're with a teacher the teacher has to teach one way to uh, you know 18 or more students whereas every student does not learn the same way they do not retain the information the same way so I work with those those students parents will come to me and they have a student's like hey I don't know what's going on in school sometimes you need a tutor for a subject that's not what I do um Maybe you need a tutor for a subject like, OK, I'm not doing so well on math. But what you can see in your home and their life and also equate it to what's going on in school, that they are habits that they have. They may need to break. They, they don't have certain habits. They don't know how to study effectively. They don't know how to um, manage their academics as well as sports and things like that and that's that's where I come into play I mean you can always visit my website www.candacehudson.com and you'll get um, a better overview of that and then another component to my academic coaching because I mentor and coach and I do speaking engagements okay those are like my three biggest things I do and within those I have like other specific kind of things I work in but one of the other aspects of my academic coaching is where I work with families I work with parents and students and prepare them for the um prepare them assist them support them and guide them in the college planning process and why I say college planning process because it doesn't start your senior year I um like to prefer to start with families while their students are in middle school um around seventh and eighth grade and eighth grade more hands-on as they prepare to go into high school because those four years will go very quickly whether you want to believe it or not and and middle school is where I get a hold of learning um, who the student is how they operate strengths and weaknesses about them and you're able to plan their high school experience more effectively which makes it a um, easier transition into college so that I've been doing since 2014 um, more, I guess, seriously, <laughs> if you want to say. So I want to kind of start a, a series as we start the school year and we're, you know, almost d through with September. Everyone's kind of done their back to school nights. You know, students are starting to get real homework now. You're starting to get some quizzes, some tests. Um, and as I get, I, I just want to start a series of giving parents um caregivers teachers you know guidance counselors whoever if as long as you you know you care about a student or you have a child in school um school age children i just want to give you some some effective skills and tools because that's what i do i build a toolkit for students and i build, I build two kits for parents and one of the different things about the way I work with parents is that because I, I don't just address your students' issues, is you don't understand how your life as a parent affects what your student is doing academically and in life. And as I work with families, I started to notice how a lot of the family, and not to get in your business because I'm just like the kind of person when you begin to speak to me, you kind of start telling me your business. Um, it's the influence that I have, right? I, I know what I'm here for on this earth. I know who God made me to be. 
and I do my best to try to walk and operate in it. And when people meet me, they tend to tell me their business, right? So as I work with students, uh, parents will begin to give me, you know, information about them, things about their life, things that's going on. Um, if they're believers, I pray with them. Even if they're not, they're open, they're open to pray. I pray with them. I create prayer strategies. Um, I just do a lot more than just show you how you should handle a college planning process. It's my, my methods are effective. Um, they are based off experience. I also have learned, um, taking, you know, tutelage under great, uh, people and, and I'm still learning. I even learn from the parents and students. Like some of them start coming up with, you know, when you start working with somebody, you start, you know, expressing like they didn't even know that they, they were maybe creative in something and parents start saying hey Candace I tried doing this and this is working for us and our staying organized and I'm like hey would you mind if I shared that with some other parents and students in our community to help them out so I learned from everyone and um so as I started working with parents I started seeing the connections of why uh why students were doing certain things how it connected with their parents of course you're connected um so to begin this series, we kind of want to start with, do you know your student? Okay. And if you know anyone who could benefit from this, share it with them, have them subscribe to the podcast because I'm going to come back every week, just dropping some gems for you guys that hopefully encourage you. You can use it to encourage someone else that you know, and and just kind of um, be there for you. Okay. So do you know your student? And I like to give that question to parents because what I get is a lot of parents typically don't know their student, aka their child, if it's their child, and they begin to, they're actually gearing them in a way towards the, their life and college planning process. Um, based off their expectations. And I'm not saying expectations are bad. If you want to, uh, you could go back in my podcast. I have a great podcast on expectations. But sometimes your expectations can become um, ineffective in life, in your life or in someone else's life. Your expectations can actually chokehold someone, um, actually keeping them from their God-given talent and abilities. And this is how, right? So you want your child to go to college. And and understand, when I speak of a college planning process, I also go beyond college. I work with college students. I also work with people who have, I have students I've worked with that are out of their undergrad. They've gotten their bachelor's, they've gotten their master's, and they even come back to me to work with them as they make career transitions and things like that. Because there is life beyond school. College, trade school, whatever you decide to do, you have to live a life and the things I teach, the school, the skills and toolkit I put together for you, I want it to be for in the classroom, outside the classroom, okay, just to make that point. So the expectations sometimes parents have on their students or child are based off their inner wounds. Um, I didn't get to do this, so I want my kid to do that, right? Um, I want to make sure I give you the life I didn't get. I want you to be able to do A, B, C, D, D, right? And those are not, it's not a bad thing that you want that, but you have to understand, is that really for you or is it for your student? Because it it, is going to affect what they do in school. I know people, I've had parents who spoke to me to say, hey, I, you know, would speak about something. So my my son may, you know, say, yeah, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. But he didn't get that idea on his own. He got the idea from you saying it. 
Maybe your son does not want to be a doctor. He wants to be a volleyball player or coach, but he can't say that to you because you've been saying that you would love to see him as a doctor so much. He's adopted your expectation and he's now taking that in and he's trying to live up to something that may not really be for him. Right? So you have to become a student of your student. Just like in all relationships, when you get married, they say become a student of your spouse. Because uh, you ever heard of the, the five love languages? You may be trying to love your spouse in a way that they can't receive because that's not the way they choose to be loved. But you're loving them the way you would want to be loved, right? So the same would translate over to your, your children. You're loving them in a way that you want to be loved rather than learn your own child's love language and loving them in that way. That may be something you want to look at too, the five love languages. Um, you could Google that. And with becoming a student of your student, you want to accept your child for who they actually are. And I think going through the, I have helped so many different parents and families and students over the years that when I had to do the college planning process for my niece um, years ago, it was a different experience. And it was funny because I felt like everything I knew and learned went kind of out the window and I was just doing everything different. And I was like, oh gosh, just because I have like emotion wrapped up into this and it helped me to look at um, our, the situation from the other parents when they come to me like, wow, when you have emotion and life wrapped up into this, you start to do things stupid and just call it what it is, right? We'll do things without wisdom and without knowledge. And that's why I'm here now. And it helped me to really structure my program in a way that is supportive and encouraged parents, because you can really drop the ball on this process. You can really drop the ball on your kid because we are to train up a child in the way that they should go. So they are old, they do not depart. And the only way to do that is that we need to get with God. If you're a bubble believer, right? And I, I wasn't doing that at first. And I really had to go to God about my children because here's the thing. God already has a plan for you, right? His plans for you are good. His thoughts of you are good. He has already planned out everything. So who knows the greatest plan for their life? Their heavenly father. And I had to go to God and say, God, reveal to me who my child is. Because then I can now begin to study them. And accept what I am receiving as knowledge and revelation from them as who you created them to be. And then I can steward into that and I can pray into that. I can steward their gifts better when I'm not trying to say live up to mommy's expectations or daddy's expectations. But I'm able to steward the talents and gifts that you already given them in the way that they're going to serve the world. They were put on this earth for a purpose and you don't know how they're supposed to serve. So you got to get with God. And I had to learn that about my son. There was times where I was frustrated with different things with my oldest son is because I was probably pushing him in a way that was good for mommy, but not good for him. And when I kind of let it go, and was like, all right, God, you show me this and you show me that. I was able to accept him as he really, really was and say, you know what? He don't love this. He likes it, but let him do it because he likes it. And as I began to do that, he began to excel in certain areas of his life that affected his academics and allow him to create opportunities based off his academics, based off his extracurricular activities and things like that that put him in a position to get to a school that he wanted and also receive scholarship money and things like that. And a lot of things worked out for him. Right. OK, so 
you definitely want to go to God and ask him to reveal who your children are in his eyes and to give you eyes to see them as he does. And also the wisdom to steward the talents and gifts, steward them and also give you a heart to accept what he reveals. Because you are you sometimes a parent, you will be so like, I just really want my kid to be this. And I just really know this is going to help them. And it's really not the answer. And that's where the frustration comes in, even with the myth of I get, you know, I have my, one of my mentors, Gretchen Wagner, who has been a mentor to me. I've done so many so much work with her. She, I've been in her courses. We have a, a great relationship outside of her teachings and I can still speak to her now. And I just go to her for, for advice and sometimes like things like that. And I remember her saying like she had a parent who bought her daughter and was like, hey, my daughter's grades are slipping. And I wanted, you know, I can't pinpoint where it is. And her daughter was a senior, but her daughter was like in choir, volleyball, soccer, field hockey, debate team. Like she was in so many things. She wasn't getting home till almost 10 o'clock at night and still had to do homework and study for tests and things like that. And my mentor wound up saying, I don't, I, I would love to work with her, but I can't because I would be doing her a disservice if I added any more to her plate. Because we have that, you know, some parents think of the, the have the myth that, Put your kid in as many activities as possible because it looks good to colleges. You know what looks really good to college? Having a well-rounded kid with character. They are looking at that child's, that student's character. So it's very nice to have them in certain things. But what's the point of me being, being on eight different clubs, being in eight different clubs on 12 different teams, and I, I'm just there. I'm just a, a participant. Rather than say, I am on the debate team, but I'm the president. I'm a part of the college committee, and I'm the treasurer. I ran track and I won these championships. And on the debate team, we've won four competitions because it shows that I'm a leader. It shows that I have a presence. Um, my vo- I have a voice in this club, right? You show some certain characteristics of your student rather than overwhelm them, but whatever, whatever, right? So you as a parent could put so much on them because it's your expectation to say, I got to have get, get you to have this. When you could take the frustration off your, you could frustrate your relationship with your student as well with doing that because you don't know that they're secretly despising you, right? And later on in life, they're going to come back and say, I really just wanted to jump double dutch and be on a double dutch team, but I had to do A, B, C, D. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't suggest things to your children because you still have to train them and guide them in the way that they should go. But you also want to study the student. So what are your students' strengths? What are their skills? What are their weaknesses? What do they like to do? My daughter is in the second grade and she loves to do, she will tell you, I'm an artist, an engineer, a gymnast, and I like to do hair. And I might do makeup, right? Like she, she loves certain things. So I, I, I do try to feed her creativity because she's very creative. But I also know when she gets to a point where she wants to really focus in and own in on what she wants to do, it may not be for her to go sit at a desk. I mean, may need to steward her in a way where she creates opportunities for herself or something else right like it may not be traditional to what some of us know and and our parents you know I'm in my 30s and my parents ever stuff like that they would just kind of gear you to get a job like you just need to get a good job so you can get a pension and stuff like that and pension and stuff like that doesn't even I don't know if it is still how prevalent it is anymore um and, and do people do that but we're in a, a, a an age where some some students graduate from school they don't hold a job more than a year or two Right. So I can't I can't push her to be like, you have to get a job and work at a desk and things like that, which is what I thought. 
when I was younger because I didn't have certain guidance. My parents were awesome, but they, they couldn't teach me what they didn't know and what they didn't have, right? So that's why you want to know what your, your students' skills are, what their strengths are. You want to just hone into who they are and start appreciating it. They're not you. They're not their grandparents. They're not their siblings. You can use a lot of experience to make better decisions and in helping them become better students academically and help them to have success in and outside of the classroom. But you have to accept them where they are and who they are uh, or else you will frustrate yourself. And you have to be able to look at situations and say, if I've been doing this and we're hitting a wall, where can I now steer? Like, I'm your blind spot. That's what I like to tell uh, parents when I begin to work with them. I'm your blind spot because I'm here to give you the new perspective to see where you I'm going to go look where you haven't looked in this situation to see what perspective you haven't taken the time to um, see or look at or analyze to see from that point, from that blind spot, if there's something somewhere you've missed that we can use to be more effective for your student. Let's find the blind blind spot, okay? I'm just reading my notes, (laughs) y'all. Okay. So, in learning your student, it'll also help you to be effective when teachers come to you. So, uh, you know, I think they'd say, do they say, is it a saying like there's like seven wonders of the world? So, I totally believe I birthed the eighth, ninth, and tenth wonders of the world. You know, you, everyone knows if you go to a parent, they think their child is the best. Like, I, me too. Like, my children are awesome. They do things that work my nerve and, you know, sometimes we're off on each other. But, you know, I love my kids. And I do believe that they are awesome. They are great. Um, I can see things in them. It makes me laugh. Things in them that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't take that about you. But I love them. And one thing I had to learn is that I needed to know my kids because there will be teachers, guidance counselors and other staff and people in their lives that will steer them away from who God called them to be. And you want to, that's why becoming a, a student of your student is very important. So here's a quick story. I love having stories. Um, my son in the fifth grade, his fifth grade teacher, it, it was almost like, a, I want to say a love-hate relationship. And I don't like using the word hate, but I'm going to use it here. It was like a love-hate relationship. It was something that she was very intrigued about my son. My son um, always had this quirkiness to him. And it almost used to be awkward, but it always worked for him. Like, and some teachers just got him. And when they, when they got him, it was just like he thrived and he flourished. And those are the kind of teachers I now pray for. Because before I didn't always pray for my students, um, my kids, teachers. Now, before the school year even happens, I'm praying that they have certain teachers. If it's not the right teacher, remove them, reassign them. I don't care. I just want my, te- my, my kids to have the teachers that see in them what God has put in them and will steer them in that direction and thrive them. And, and they will thrive in that environment because they were the teacher most of the day. So he had a teacher that was always suggesting things for him to do. And I didn't mind the suggestions because I knew that you could see that he's bright, things like that. And we wind up taking a wrong turn because she took the initiative um, to sign my son up for a spelling bee. Now, at that time, I didn't want him in a spelling bee. He didn't express wanting to be in a spelling bee. So you cannot sign my son up like I just believe in him. And that was great because some people think like, oh, she believe in you. She wants you to do this. But here's the thing. There was something off about her spirit that I was picking up on that I didn't like. So and I also didn't like the fact that you didn't consult me 
um, so I could have the opportunity to speak with my son for you to enter him into a spelling bee. Also at the last minute where he didn't have time to really prepare for it. So I told her to un unsign him up <laughs> and say he wouldn't be doing it. And after that, there was friction between us. And she also took it out on my son. And that, and that wrong spirit I picked up on was correct because a true teacher wouldn't have taken offense to my decision as a parent. And after that, she kind of picked on him all year. Everything he did was a problem. And if anyone knows my oldest son, he is the least confrontational person. He does not bother a soul. He will get a book, go mind his business. He is just, he's just a, a mild-mannered kid, but don't cross him the wrong way. He turns into the Incredible Hulk. Like, there's just no medium, though. It's either one or ten, right? And it takes a lot, though, for you to get him to ten. So when someone kept picking at him to the point where he got to ten... I had to have like a meeting with the principal and the teacher because I was just like I was over it. But here's the thing. Let me show you now a difference. That particular teacher, I felt like also held him back because there were opportunities, things that were presented that I found out later that he should have had the opportunity for. He may have should have maybe received certain awards and stuff. Um, I was very surprised when I went to graduation because I do expect certain things because I had worked with him. I know what work he does. And I felt like she held him back when he went into junior high school. He was put into one of the lowest sixth grade classes. And I feel like when you do, when they did the applications, the teachers are able to put comments. And I felt she had something to do with that. And I didn't realize or know that until maybe three weeks into sixth grade, a math teacher, um, my son's math teacher reached out to me. She said, hey, I just wanted you to know, I don't know if you know, but Jermaine is in one of the lowest sixth grade classes. And I said, no, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was the lowest sixth grade class. She said, yeah. And she said, I think it's a mistake because he's very bright. And as a teacher, I would feel like I would be doing him a disservice if I didn't tell you he needs to be in the honors class. And look at God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Because although I took a stance against someone who was may have had a good intention, but not also the complete right intention for my son and may have held him back for a period of time and may have tried to sabotage him. The right person came in when they should have to correct it. And I there was a different spirit about this teacher because she had nothing to gain from this. She didn't have any ulterior motives. She made sure she did the work. She got my son changed into honors. He was then in the honors class from sixth seventh and eighth grade and graduated with um in the honor society and he did very well become a student of your students so that you speak into their life you can be there to protect them and their process of uh, in their academics because things will arise that will that will try to come against them okay and you guys I can talk a lot I'm going to try to wrap up this podcast because I could keep going and we are at the 26 minute mark and I'm going to keep going and finish this up so with that said I want you guys to come back next week I am going to record another podcast with some more some more gems some more tools and skills for you you know for you guys to definitely um encourage you to school you get you to think about something start or organizing yourself in a certain way and um if you want to leave me a you know I think you can respond to the podcast too you can actually leave me with some questions if not you'll go to my website um, www.candacehudson.com you can leave me a message through my website info at candacehudson.com you can hit me up on um, Instagram right now my name is Candy Monique C-A-N-D-Y M-O-N-I-Q-U-E um, that's going to actually change soon but you can contact me get me your questions pass this on to um, someone who could use the information come back next week 
for the next drop and I'll see you guys soon. Be encouraged.